We're a quarter of the way through the MLB season. Some of y'all may have just realized your MLB team is bad. Let's talk MLB draft and how it works and how the New York Mets might just blow the whole thing up this year. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And thank you to our friends at Rock Auto for presenting this episode. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. You can visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So, MLB Draft. Uh, coming up in July, and it's it's definitely going to change um, the outlook for a lot of franchises. And obviously, has a big role in talent acquisition for MLB teams. There has been so much talk about tanking, so much talk about, about trying to structure things to take away the incentives to you know for a team to deliberately be bad. Well, this is why. The MLB draft is why teams try to legitimately be bad to get a good draft pick. So let's talk about how it works, uh, what's happening, what's changed this year, and like I teased earlier, how the Mets might blow up the whole thing. So the MLB draft has always, like, the way it's set up is it is in the reverse order of finish of the previous year. So the Baltimore Orioles had the worst record in baseball last year. They have the first overall pick. Second is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Third is the Rangers. So on and so forth. All the way through. You know, and that's everybody who uh, did not make the playoffs, you sort them in order of record. And then after that, it's a slightly different formula. So the Braves won the World Series, but they don't pick last. NFL drafts, the one everybody always thinks of, that's different. The, the two Super Bowl teams pick 31st and 32nd. MLB is a little bit different. The Braves are picking 20th. But... All of the non-playoff teams are sorted in order of um, in, in winning percentage. And then beginning in 2023, we're going to change it a bit, part of the incentives around tanking. So in starting in 2023, the first six picks are going to be set off of a lottery. So we're going to take all of the non-playoff teams and put them into the lottery. Uh, now, you get more spots in the lottery based on how poorly you performed. So the team that did the worst has the most, like has the best chance of getting picked in the lottery, but you can't count on, oh, if we're the worst, we'll get the first overall pick. Uh, that, that, that'll be the first six. And then there's adjustments in there for how often you can be in the lottery in consecutive seasons uh, for a small market team and for a large market team which we're obviously not there yet because the first lottery is in 2023. But um, the way it's set up right now, the Orioles will pick first, the Pirates are fourth, you know, the, the teams that you think of as not having winning records last year that were that were not good. The Nationals sold a bunch of guys off at the deadline, they're picking fifth. Uh, the Marlins, incredibly young team, they're sixth. The Cubs sold a bunch of guys at the deadline, they're seventh. Like, this all kind of makes sense. Teams are kind of where you expect them to be. There is an extra pick in this first round. The New York Mets are picking 11th and 14th. 
So the reason for this is Kumar Rocker. They didn't sign Kumar Rocker last year. All right, so let me, let's back up a bit. The player pool, the simple version of who is eligible to be drafted. American and Canadian high school graduates who have not yet started college are in the are eligible to be drafted. Junior college players of any age and then college juniors or seniors who are at least 21 years old. So if you, so your options are when you are graduating high school, your options are go to college to play baseball, go to a junior college to play baseball, or go professional. Those are your three options. Uh, if you are a JUCO player, your options are to continue playing at JUCO, uh, transfer to a four-year university. When I say college, like that's kind of what we're talking about, four-year university, or go pro. If you are a at a four-year university and you are a sophomore, you are 20 years old, your option is stay in school for another year. Once you are 21, then, and now we actually have some draft eligible sophomores because of the way teams are counting the 2020 season, the lost 2020 season. But if you are at least 21, you can voluntarily enter the draft and you have until, once you are selected, you have until like mid-August to either sign with your school or to sign with the team that drafts you or go back to college. And this is where it gets a little interesting when it comes to the draft. So, and this is where Kumar Rocker comes in. So Kumar Rocker pitches at Vandy last year, has an amazing year, is taken by the Mets at number 10 and does not sign. Ultimately does not sign. We'll get to that in a minute. And so now because the Mets have a first rounder that didn't sign, this is only in the first round, because they have a first rounder that didn't sign, they get the pick after that pick the next year. So it's like, we'll give you your pick back, but it's one choice later. So it was the 10th overall pick last year. It is the 11th pick this year. And that's only in the first round. Now, this was designed for you are drafting a prep player who has the option to go to college and you are trying to buy him out of that commitment. And this is all normally pre-figured out. Teams have talked to the players, the players' agents, their parents. They've already, in many cases, they've already made the financial offer. It's just not in writing yet. It is a scout was talking to the family sitting in the living room and said, we're going to give Johnny $1.3 million to skip out on his commitment to Mississippi State and play for our team. And so teams, when they draft you, they typically know what they're going to do and what you're going to do. Um, but this rule is in place. And in this case, it helped the Mets uh, to kind of fill you in on the backstory there. They drafted Kumar Rocker. And then something came up in the medicals with his elbow. Uh, they said that it worried them enough where they didn't want to sign him. The player said he was fine. His representation said he was fine. But the Mets ultimately did not sign him. And he chose not to go back to Vanderbilt for it for one more season. So he actually just joined, I believe it's the Pioneer League. He's going to make probably two or three starts and then re-enter the draft this year. But uh, in this situation, the Mets cannot pick him with the 11th or 14th pick without his consent. 
because they chose him once before and then did not come to an agreement with him. So this rule says, okay, that's fine. Like, we'll give you the pick back. You can't take that same player again. So Kumar Rucker may go in the first round. He may not. We legitimately do not know. My my feeling is he's probably not going to go in the first round unless he goes to the Pioneer League and just absolutely lights it up. But we don't actually know this for a fact. So in just a minute, I do kind of want to get into some of the more interesting um, facets around the draft and some changes that they could potentially make that I think would be really interesting. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. There are so many makes and models of cars. It is very difficult to go to any of these chain auto part stores and them actually have the part you need for your car or truck. Uh, they're going to ask you a ton of questions about uh, which, you know, make, obviously make model, but like which trim style, which packages you have and accessories and all of this stuff. You're probably not going to know exactly what it is. You're going to run outside and check labels and all that stuff. And then when they get done, they're going to you know, pull up on the computer and all that stuff. And then they're not going to have your part in the building. So they're going to have to order it for you anyway. So if that's already happening, go to rockauto.com. You can save time. You can save money. And honestly, why why spend 30 to 50 to 100% more buying the same part from a chain store or a car dealership? Uh, like Example, very common thing, uh, fuel pump for, an Honda, for a Honda Odyssey. Uh, your average chain store, the price is around $353. Rock Auto, $216. You save about a third right there. Uh, it, it, that's because it's, Rock Auto is a family business serving DIYers for over 20 years with reliably low prices for every single customer. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Okay, so you get an extra pick in the first round if you don't sign the guy in the first round. There's other ways that you can get picks as well. So they have what's called competitive balance picks. And in essence, you can receive a draft pick in certain situations for losing a free agent it's designed for small market teams who lose a big name free agent because they can't afford to sign him to the same deal that insert big market team here signed him for. The Dodgers, the Yankees, whoever it might be. And so you can get, there's two competitive balance rounds. The first one is after the first round. And then the second one's a little bit later in the draft. So like this year upcoming, um, and this is a qualifying free agent. Like there's, there's certain rules behind this. You have to give them a qualifying offer, which is like a one year, I think it's like a $22 million contract and they have to decline it. You have to be a revenue sharing team. You have to receive revenue sharing. So there's only 16 teams. And then that player has to sign and depending on what that player signs for dictates where your pick is. So if that player signs for 50 million or more, you get a compensatory pick in the first competitive balance round. It's called competitive balance round A. So the Colorado Rockies, they gave a qualifying offer to Trevor Story. Trevor Story signed with the Red Sox. That deal was more than $50 million. So Boston loses their second round pick. And uh, Colorado gets pick number 31. Same thing with Cincinnati. Um, The Reds 
Qualifying offer to Nick Castellanos. He declined it. He signed with the Phillies. Philadelphia forfeits a second round pick. And Cincinnati gets the 32nd overall pick. And then at the end of like at the end of the first or second round, uh, you like you're going to get a pick. The, the, the 10 smallest markets with the 10 smallest revenue pools, those teams will get an additional pick at the end of the first or second round. So like this year, the Orioles pick 33rd. Uh, the Diamondbacks pick 34th. You know, the Royals, Pirates, Guardians, Rockies, Padres, they all have one in balance round A. And then there's some other movement around based on going over picks and or going over um, bonus, like, competitive balance thresholds and all that kind of stuff. But the point is, you can get extra picks in certain situations. And up to now, like just recently, they let you start trading those picks away. So if you are the Braves, you can trade for the 33rd overall pick for the Baltimore Orioles competitive balance round A pick. You can trade for the Kansas City's pick at 35. Um, Those picks cannot be traded, like only be traded once. So once you trade that pick, when the like say say the Braves get it, the Braves can't turn around and trade that pick to someone else. They have to keep that pick and they make that selection. But I propose, and many people, it's not, it's not just me, many people propose this. But the thought process out there is, well, why not just let you trade any draft pick? So think about the way it is right now. So you've got. All right, the the Orioles are drafting first overall. Let's say that the Orioles wanted, or somebody, some other team, let's say the Rangers. The Rangers wanted the first overall pick. They're not going to do this, mind you. But the Rangers, like, they want that pick so desperately because they want Drew Jones. They could say, hey, we'll trade you our first round pick, next year's first round pick, and a prospect. Maybe a Jack Leiter. They're not going to trade him. They're not going to trade him. Just example. For that number one overall pick. Let's let teams trade draft picks. All of them. Not just competitive balance picks. Now, you need guardrails here. Let's understand. Because like, okay, the reason I think you should do this is, okay, look at last draft. If it's like, okay, Kumar Rocker, Jack Leiter. If you want one of those two guys and they're expect if they were expected to go one and two, or this year, you want Drew Jones. You are like you are dead set. This is the guy we have to add to our system. There is no way to get him unless you have the worst record in baseball. But if you had the ability to trade draft picks, you could say, hey, Baltimore, we'll give you our first round pick at nine. We'll give you next year's first round pick. So that we can get the number one overall pick. So we can take Drew Jones. I think it would make it more interesting. Now there's a couple guardrails you have to have in place. The first one is limit how far in the future you can trade picks. The NBA lets you do it for seven years. I think that's way too long. Uh, the NFL I think will do three years. Maybe it's it's either two or three. I think that's a little more realistic. I've seen proposals that say five. But I'm thinking three. You know, Maybe three years. So you can trade a pick that's up to three years in the future. So 2022 draft coming up, you can trade up to, like, until this draft is over, you can't trade a pick that's past 2024. So the day after the draft's done, you could trade a 2025 pick. 
But during this draft, you could only go to 2024. I think that'd be interesting. Um, I think maybe only the top 10 rounds. And part of that is because of the slotting system. And I think we've talked about this before. But long story short, every single pick from the first overall pick to the end of the 10th round, every single one of those picks is assigned a value. That's the slot value. Um, when you when we look at, all right, here's the picks the Pirates have. Here's the picks the Orioles have. You add up the slot values assigned to each of those t- first 10 rounds of picks. And that is the bonus pool. That is the amount of money you have to sign those first 10 rounds of players. And the idea here is there are situations where you have to pay extra to get a guy to come to, to, to come play for you. A high schooler who's given a full ride to a great program and wants to go to college, you're going to have to pay him extra. There's situations where you can pay a college kid less. You have somebody who just, he just went through his super senior year. If he doesn't sign with you, he doesn't really have a lot of other options. So the, the idea, and teams will do this. Team, like the Baltimore is known for, they like to take a college player with their first pick because they can offer him less money than someone else, save some of that bonus pool, and use it on a high school player that's fallen in the draft because teams can't afford to buy him out of his college commitment. So I think that you should be allowed to trade draft picks and the bonus pool allotment gets traded as well. No actual money changes hands. But if that number one overall pick was a $6 million slot, the team that gets that pick now has their bonus pool increased by $6 million. Um, and then you can trade those multiple times. So like I could trade for, the, for, a, for a future first round pick from this team. And then when it turns out that team was really bad... I can trade that pick away and get a ransom for it and push all, you know, and get more picks in the future. So, um, the second thing that I thought that I think they should do to make the draft a little more interesting is unsigned players should become free agents. And the, the Kumar Rocker rule kind of has this in. So, the Kumar Rocker rule is new this year. And what it is is the top X number of players. I believe it's 150. I could be two, I could be 200 or 250. I'm at the exact second blanking on this. But anyway, uh, you can submit medicals. You, you get a physical, MLB approved doctor. You submit medicals and teams have access to those before the draft. So they can check you out medically before they draft you. Once they draft you, and this is, once they draft you, if you are a guy who has submitted medicals, and they had access to those, and you go with it, I think it's the first 10 rounds, they are required to offer you 75% of slot value to sign you. Because they can't say, oh, well, something came out in the post-draft physical, we're going to cut our offer, because they've already seen your medicals. That's what happened to Kumar Rocker. They said, oh, we see something with the elbow, we're, we're going to reduce how much we're offering you, he wouldn't take the smaller deal. Well, guess what? They get to pick again, one pick later than where it was last year. He got completely screwed up because he had no leverage. And so to me, if you can't come to an agreement, and you need guardrails on this too, but if you can't come to an agreement, the player should become a free agent. I will acknowledge up front, I do not exactly know how this system would work because you have to find a way. There has to be like a minimum slot value kind of thing that has to be part of this. 
Like, the kid can't hold out for 125% of slot value. And if he doesn't get it, be a free agent. But you can't offer him 50%. And if he doesn't get it, like, you know, you see, like, you have to find a way to balance this. So there has to be, in, like I said, the Kumar Rocker rule, that's part of it. If you do not offer him a 75% of slot value offer, he becomes a free agent in, like, August. He can choose if he has eligibility to go back to college. Uh, he can be a free agent and sign with another organization. Um, or you can work on an agreement with him and you can sign him to a realistic money offer. I think it should be like that for most of these players. And again, with some sort of guardrails there. And I think really the other thing to make the draft more exciting is just to promote college baseball more. Uh, more, more people need to know who these players are during the lead up to the draft. Um, there was a proposal in 2020 to fold the draft into the College World Series as far as like part of the festivities. I think that'd be interesting. But either way, I just feel like they need to market college baseball a little better uh, to try to make some of these players, not necessarily household names, but a little more prominent as compared to their football and basketball counterparts. I don't think they'll do that, but I just don't understand why they don't. ESPN has all the rights to like every college baseball game and they don't seem to want to air any of them on linear TV. It's confusing to me. In just a minute, I do want to explain how the Mets can destroy the entire draft. Just use, throw their money around and wreck everything. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. With spring in the air, it is time for renewal and growth, personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your connections and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you can add your job um, to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmlb. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmlb to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Okay, so I have to give credit for this next thing to Jared Seidler, writer for Baseball Prospectus. Um, I believe it's it's a subscription piece, but I'll still link it in the show notes. He had a proposal that the Mets should just use all of Cohen's money, not all of it, but to completely just destroy the way that this system works. Okay, so here's the secret. Secret. Here's the thing about both international free agency and the MLB draft. MLB teams act like all of these limits, the, the, the bonus pool, uh, your your international your international bonus pool, they the competitive balance tax. They act like all of these are firm hard caps. You cannot go over. You can absolutely go over them. You can go you can go out of your bonus pool. The penalties they keep ex- they, they keep increasing penalties. The penalty right now, if you exceed your draft pool, is you lose your next two first round picks. And you pay a 100% tax on all of the dollars over 115% of the 
of your pool. I know it's a lot. You can go up to 15% over your pool without paying a, bo- a tax on the money. But the like teams value these first round picks more than the players. And the proposal here that Jarrett makes, and he makes a version of this every year, and I kind of like it. Uh, what he says is take a year when you expect your team to be good. And the Mets expect their team to be good the next couple of years. Find a, find a year where you're going to be good in the next couple of years. Because when you're good, you're later and later in the first round. The bonus pool gets smaller. The available talent is lower. And so wait until you're ready. Because there's there's dozens of like high school kids that would get drafted in the first round if they were signable. But teams don't think they can afford to buy them out of their bonuses and still fill the rest of their draft class. And so they fall out of um, the the second round or out of the third round, the fourth round. They even fall to the back half of the draft or don't get drafted, you know, get drafted like 18th round or 19th round or something. And then three years later, these kids are drafted in the first and second and third rounds coming out of college. And Jared makes a great point in the piece. Steve Cohen tweeted last year that draft picks are up are worth like five times the actual dollar amount of their bonus. So the proposal that Jarrett makes is just go out and draft like 15 of these first, second, third round talents and spend whatever it takes to sign them all. You're going to have to pay double on the extra money you spend. So, but even if you pay double the bonus money, Steve Cohen argues these picks are worth five times their bonus value. So even if you pay double the money, you're still getting a three times return on the investment. And like, don't go over it just a little bit. If you're like literally draft no one but signability issues out of high school and just spend, I mean, the draft pools are like 10 million, 12 million. Spend like 75 or $100 million dollars Give each of these kids six million bucks to buy them out of college is what he's saying. You'll lose two draft picks. Your two draft picks you lose will be next year when you think you're going to be even better, and the year after we're going to be even better. And then you're going to pay tax, like you're going to pay a tax on everything over 115. percent So if you exceed the pool by 50 million dollars. You know, the first the first fifteen percent of that's taken out, and then the rest of it you'll pay you'll end up paying like a total of you'll spend, you'll spend like eighty-five million because you'll do fifty in actual bonus and you'll do like thirty-five in tax. He's saying just like all it costs to get like half a dozen first round players and a dozen third round players is two future firsts and some money. And Steve Cohen has plenty of money. Like this is the thing that they were they were doing this with international free agency, right? They were going in there and just obliterating the bonus pools, signing a bunch of players. MLB changed the rules. Well, they haven't changed the rules for the actual draft that much yet. So, and he breaks down exactly why they should do this. And like there's very little risk for the Mets, right? And there's tons of reward because they have a dude who is, I think, I'm sure it makes the, the argument, I think he's the richest pro owner in sports. 
I mean, he's worth double-digit billions. This money is like couch cushion money to him. And it's couch cushion money to completely just blow up a draft to a guy that likes to do that disruption kind of, I'm going to come in and swing a big stick and, you know, show off the dominance. You already have two first-round picks. You can already get two amazing talents. And then you have they have a compensation pick for letting Noah Syndergaard leave. So they've got 22 picks total, five picks in the first 90. You can get five first-round talents, and all it takes is giving up two future firsts and some money. And it would be the most insane thing to happen to the draft, and I would absolutely love it. Again, I'll link this piece in the notes. If you have a Baseball Perspective subscription, it is absolutely worth checking this out. He goes in significant detail about how this would work. I think it's great. I really want him to do this. If nothing else, it would give us something that's really fun to talk about during the MLB Draft live stream that we're going to do come July. So one more day left of this week. We're doing a Farm Friday talking about the Reds. Uh, Next week, among other things, we're taking your questions on Monday. If you have questions for the show, you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. I am on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Farm. I'm excited to get these questions. I love them every single week. And to, to answer your questions on the show about individual players, about the draft, about how some of these things work, all that stuff. Um, so can't wait to do that. But until then, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.